Hey folks, it's SH1T coming to you live for the third installment of my Fantastic X documentary series. Make a fool of myself. So, yep, that's pretty much how it's going. I will continue and am continuing and endeavoring to work so hard and so great for you people. And you will grow with me, so we'll grow together. And that's all I can say about that. Uh, found my black book, so that was a big win. So I do have a couple topics to talk about this time uh, that I didn't had in my book but did not add to. They're not funny. They were not uh, impressive. And every fucking time I start talking, I want to burp because I drink beer. Uh, that's part of this whole podcast, the shenanigans and so on and so forth. Market Grafenbrau might as well be water. I need to hydrate after the tomfoolery that it, that occurred on my, our ride home. Uh, we're back home, uh, thank God. Uh, back from the southern Germany trip, and I'll get all all into that. But first, I must issue a correction. Um, just by listening to the previous podcast, I've realized that I'm an insane person. But that being said, um, Bernie Sanders was not me tooed. However, it was his campaign that was me tooing everybody. He was asked about his claims. Uh, or asked about that on CNN on Wednesday, and he apologized, and he said that if he runs again, they'll do better. But he also said he's a little busy running around the country at the time, which obviously is not an excuse. And if you're a leader, you take uh, responsibility for your, you know, campaign's actions. Uh, uh, the one thing that I did get right is that uh, staffers had claimed that they were the women were getting paid less than men uh, in his campaign. Uh, they called his comments tone deaf, and uh, he's going to run in 2020, but the kind of the goofy thing is, is that all of a sudden this comes up for him to start his 2020 campaign, and since they're favoring Beto O'Rourke, like maybe they're just trying to punt the most serious contender, which I think would be Joe Biden, but because uh, the media is going to uh, back Beto O'Rourke, so they got to get rid of Sanders. Warren is a non-issue. And I'm already talking about 2020, and it, it literally just turned uh, 2019 uh, five days ago. But one of the reporters said that if Sanders ran for president again, he's going to be facing a vastly different Democratic field. Yeah, there may be 6,000 people in it. Uh, in addition, he's going to have to contend with that Me Too movement uh, and a historic year for female voters that brought more than 100 women to the House. And... Yeah, women aren't leaders, and then the CNN just goes on to kind of a crazy, uh, it, I don't know, they're turning it into a sexism issue on that. So Bernie Sanders himself was not being Me Too'd, it was his campaign. Uh, issues of sexual harassment were arising from his campaign. So sorry, Bernie, they're going to get rid of you. You're no longer the darling of the uh, Democratic Party, so now you get to face the music. Uh, I talked about uh, kind of incursory uh, Me Too movement and Me Too experiences, and I made the statement that, uh, you know, I was in college and I went through Me Too uh, experiences uh, myself and uh, came out on the right end every time. And I'm just going to go into one of those moments, uh, but wasn't in college as well. I was transferring uh, between uh, schools. I was in New Orleans uh, going from A school to C school and... Uh, it was just drunken debauchery. Uh, what is that? Sixth Street or that's 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 in Austin. What is it? 
I can't even remember the name of the street now. Mardi Gras Street. Whatever, in New Orleans. That, that street. So me and a couple buddies were just um, walking around down, you know, drinking beers, bar hopping, uh, no problem. And uh, names would be left out to protect the innocent. Uh, but, you know, uh, about an 8 out of 10 girl walked up. And it was definitely an odd moment uh, that that occurred. But everything seemed okay. Everything seemed fine. The night seemed to be going well. Um, went back to the, to the hotel. Uh, but I was probably three shades lit at this point. But we, we were trying to go back to her, her hotel. But she couldn't find a hotel. And that's when the red... Red flags and the alarm started going off. So uh, this kind of turned into like a moment where I was probably going to get robbed or something. Uh, went back to, but you know, thinking with the, uh, not thinking up up upstairs, thinking down below. I still made it to our apartment, but it just was not happening. Uh, the signals uh, kind of abated themselves. Wasn't something I was going to push. But then she tried to like stay in the room and sleep in the bed, and it's just uh. uh wasn't going to happen. Plus, I had seen a casino when we had arrived at our hotel. So I'm like, fuck it. If it ain't happening, I'm just going to go play poker. So I literally cradle picked her up and then opened the door because she refused to leave the uh, apartment or she, she refused to leave the, uh, the hotel room. So I just picked her up in cradle position and set her outside and locked the door. Um, I don't know what that has to do with me, too. But it was just one of those weird and freaky situations that you would run into as a guy um, that if you if you ran down the wrong path, uh, you'd be in, in big trouble. Uh, I'm never... It's a... <laughs> it's a hard... It's a hard road to hoe, but no means no, right? But not always. Like, there's no, and then there's no. Stop it. I'm, I'm stealing bits here that I saw, but I'll, I'll get into that as well. But it was, just, it was hilarious and funny uh, when I went. But uh, so I went to the, after the event with, uh, you know, out drinking with buddies. It's about one or two in the morning and I was uh, three sheets of the wind. I was like, oh, what a great idea. I guess I'll go play poker. So I headed over to the casino over in New Orleans. I think it was Harris Casino in New Orleans. And then, uh, you know, was being the the jackass or the or the you know drunk guy at the table. I had uh, pocket nines. This is the one hand I remember because I got four hundred dollars off of it. Had pocket nines flopped a set and kings could not go away because I was just sending all the good signals and I, my my uh, my mind was starting to catch like hey maybe I should do this do this do this. So I, I began to come back to two sheets or one sheets to the wind to pick up and start to understand what I was doing. And uh, made $400 on that hand uh, by cracking kings. And then I had aces hold up against uh, queens. And uh, made $400. Uh, made $900 on the night. Uh, probably one of my biggest scores in a cash game. Uh, where I had no business being at the table. But then walked away from it. And um, it's just... As a college kid... And as a man in general, you are going to run into a bunch of crazy situations where alcohol is involved and questionable decisions can be made. It's just unfortunate that we're getting to a point now where you can be rehashed and backhashed to where now you've raped 8 to 10 to 12 people in your, in your history. Uh, and that will only occur to you or, or come up when you are being espoused in the limelight. So there's no, there's no freedom anymore. Like, that's kind of where we're going, right? 
but if you're a conservative or on the right, there's zero redemption for you. But if you're on the left, you have a redemptive pattern. Uh, you can be saved. But on the left is just as bad as the right. Like, nobody's clean from these issues. Kevin Spacey, uh, Harvey Weinstein. Like, Harvey Weinstein's the most egregious story you're going to hear. But he's... Uh, there's not a photo that you can't find with a Democrat or a, like a high-powered Democrat or a high-powered uh, Hollywood actress that doesn't have a photo of Harvey Weinstein with him. Like he was the man that went the legend. I mean, Quentin Tarantino, one of the greatest actors uh, or not the greatest directors that I'm aware of and follow, um, great friends with Harvey Weinstein, and he almost got taken down. And he had his own issue and moment with uh, Uma Thurman. And the lady in, uh, the lady, she's in Inglorious Bastards. The, uh, the female next to Brad Pitt gets strangled at the very end. I'm horrible at this game. I'd be terrible at charades. But yeah, nobody's clean uh, when you start dredging this stuff up. So it's warlike. It's unfortunate. Um... But speaking of poker, um, I'm starting to see Masterclass ads on Facebook, and I find them annoying. Daniel Negreanu, you know, Masterclass on Facebook, or Masterclass for Poker. And I will tell you from experience, there's not as many books, there's no amount of books in the world that you can read. There's no amount of, of Live at the Bike that you can watch. You got to get out, and you got to feel the pain, and you got to experience it. Uh, you can take a, a measured approach, and you can make it, take a smart approach. But that two of clubs is always going to show up when you don't want it to. And your reaction to your first aces getting cracked or getting flushed out, your, your set getting flushed out, or set over set, or just a maniac playing and hitting, hitting a wheel against your, like, against your hands, there's no, there's no substitute for that. And there's no substitute for uh, experience when it comes to the poker table. So you can master class all day, but I would not recommend paying any group of anybody, uh, you're not going to, well, I don't know, maybe I'm an idiot and you'll save money if you go, uh, you know, hit, hit up a group of friends. I mean, that's kind of where you could go. You could, you could sit with a group of friends of nine or ten like-minded people, sit down, play a $5, $10 game, and that's where you're going to save the most of your money. That's where you're going to learn that tight, aggressive play is more often than not the better play, and then squeezing on weaker opponents uh, is... It's a good strategy to have. Uh, not not so loose, but you're not so tight, right? You got to be Goldilocks when it comes to playing poker. Just right. Uh, picking your spots is pretty important too. Uh, bluffing is extremely important. Uh, setting an image is important, and position rules above all. Uh, you crush your people to your like. And my biggest flaw and weakness, I think, when it comes to poker, is I have a conscience. So you cannot have a conscience when you go to the uh, poker table. You have to take everybody's money. Nobody is your friend, even if you're lifelong buddies. You got to take everybody. Uh, you got to take everybody's money, and you got to maximize when you have that nut flush or top set or when you when you got the nuts. You got to maximize the pain uh, when it when it comes, and you can't you can't give away equity uh, when you do that. So that's. I haven't played poker in many years, but apparently GTO is a thing. Game Theory Optimal, Nash Equilibrium. But that's such a wishy-washy concept. Like, how do, there's so much imperfect, like, poker is a game of imperfect information. You try to capture as much as you can, but then people will start signaling. It's kind of like economics. It's, just, it's, a, it's a game of imperfect information. 
You can, you can set as many variables as possible. You can try to understand as much as you can. But each, each situation is uniquely different. You know, aces are 80-20, but they're only they're 100 or zero on each individual moment. So if, you, if you're 0 for 5 with aces on the night, you don't care that they were 80-20. If you're a logical player and you, you know, you continue to play, uh, you continue to play and you're just a, you're professional about it, you understand that shit happens uh, when you're playing. But if you're going to be uh, mediocre or just a recreational player, you got to, you got to take those hits. I think bankroll is probably pretty important too. Uh, being able to take those hits. But, um, a masterclass from uh, Facebook's not going to teach you that. The wine masterclass is kind of snobby to me. Uh, it's not a fan. And then Gordon Ramsay on his cooking show is just, uh, wants me to, it makes me want to put a drill to my skull. So, like I said, we went down to Garmish, and Garmish was, Garmish was fun, Garmish was interesting. Probably the best part of the, uh, the best part of the trip was the drive down, to be honest. Uh, the weather was, the weather got, got terrible, or the weather got bad when we got there, and it just snowed pretty much the entire time. We were going to go out in the, in, the, in the town when we got there, so we drove down, and it's a beautiful view of the mountains in North Austria and southern Germany. Uh, very, very cool. Uh, drove down, got to the hotel. Hotel is very nice. Um, amenities could be improved or better, but... It was fine, uh, and we uh, ate dinner, and then we decided to get ready to go out. But then little Michael was starting to wheeze and whatever, so we we got him in the not wheezing, but he was you know starting to have, be a little congested. He was getting the same stuff that uh, his older sister uh, got him, and so she got him sick, and then he started to show those effects on the first night we were there. So we were just doomed from the be from the beginning when it came to going out and doing anything out in the town because the temperatures were just below freezing uh, and it was pretty snowy not much wind but it was a beautiful scenery everywhere we went so we were kind of confined to the hotel um for the most part because our child was uh you know beginning to get the effects of uh, coming down with a cold and he's an infant so it's kind of dangerous when you, you can't play with things like that so you can't have them out in 32, 28 degree weather. Uh, but on Saturday, we got up, uh, walked around the hotel a little bit, uh, wife being the champion that she is, uh, even though the little baby boy was, you know, under the weather, she still let me go to go see my second favorite comedian, uh, Mr. Bill Bear. Uh, so I drove down, the road condition was okay, like congrats or kudos to the Germans, you know, tip of the cap to you. You guys keep it uh, keep it real and keeping those roads uh, roads safe. Uh, so I drove down to Munich. Um, that was a good experience. Uh, got into Munich, uh, parked the car, and then headed to like Albastrasse, some bar, uh, and was just kind of waiting. Had a few beers. I was just waiting for the show to start. And then I walked down there, and there was a long line uh, waiting at the town hall in Munich. So I was probably the hundredth or hundred and fiftieth person in the in the uh, venue, and then it would, I didn't, un unbeknownst to me, it's open block seating, so you just kind of, you buy tickets, and then you get your block, so lucky for me, I just luck boxed into the main row seating, um, if you bought any other tickets but the main row seating, you had, like, obstructed view, 
the venue was that kind of that kind of shitty. So I ended up getting the second row because people were sitting like kind of triangling up in the center. So they would they like every, the first row was filled, and then like the edges of the second row were not filled. So that's where I, I ended up sitting. Had a great view. Had a great time. Uh, sat down, talked to some Germans and some Irish cats coming to watch the show, and uh, it was a it was a blast. I enjoyed the show very much. Um, Try not to burn any of his bits, but he, you know, he talked about, uh, I, I won't, won't burn any of his bits, but he talked about, um, Michelle Obama, shit on the military, um, relationships in general, made fun of the Germans, made fun of the Americans, uh, a little bit of Trump, but not too much. Uh, some of the stuff he, he's said on Conan, uh, probably about 20% of it. He looked, I wouldn't say like he was on the top of his game. He was, he wasn't spitting fire. But he was, uh, it was an early show, so it was, it was his first set of the night. I'm sure the uh, evening set was much better, but uh, like, it was well worth the drive up and the drive back uh, on Saturday. And then I got back to the wife and the kid, and they had had, they had a good time around the hotel. They were just lurking around. Uh, uh, little Abby was playing uh, all day. Michael was, you know, just a bundle of joy, even though he's under the weather. And then we got, um, you know, took a nap, had dinner, took a nap, um, got up in the morning, got up, had breakfast, checked out, and started driving. The uh, road conditions were not so great uh, in between Garmisch and Munich on the way back. And I am a very lucky person. Uh, I, uh, me, me and the family are very lucky uh, because we, we fishtailed on the way back uh, up in between Munich and Garmisch, about halfway up. So I hit a patch of ice or something, I'm not sure. I was probably going 10 miles an hour, a little bit too fast. I was probably going 90 kilometers, which is not is not that fast. Uh, the roads were grooved out, so it really it wasn't an issue. Like, everything was fine. Um, but it just, something happened. Don't know, front end, the back end, dove down, and then there, there goes my ass end out on the left. So, um, so in, the, in that instance, in that moment, I'm an asshole because I literally, I could be dead in a hospital now with my child and my wife and my daughter. But then, uh, so that's the shitty part and that's the asshole part of me, but it happens, right? Some, you just drive too fast sometimes and not everybody's a hero driving 40 kilometers down the road, taking their sweet ass time to get back. Uh, I was driving to try to avoid some of the weather, but obviously that didn't happen. And then I, uh, uh it was a shit move on my part to put us in that situation, but, um, got us, bailed us out. Uh, so, um, I've been trained as a, I'm, I'm trying not to toot my own horn here, but, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm the idiot that put us in a situation, but then I got us out. We were, we were like fishtailing sideways at 80 kilometers, ducking down to 50. Um, so it's, it's foot off the brake, foot off the gas. There's no foot, there's no, there's no brake, there's no gas, you're out of control and you're at the whims of the gods. The only thing that you can do is turn the wheels into a straight line to where they're headed down, and pray that you don't uh, pray that you don't go past 180 or left and and go reverse because you're gonna fuck up a transmission. And luckily there was no car to the left of us uh, or the right of us when we were there, and then we didn't hit a guardrail or we didn't uh, drop off to a, a, a embankment on the right side. Um, so we're just lucky all around. So. Car fishtailed, or we were fishtailing out to the left, so I turned the wheel left, keeping the wheels straight on the road, so the car overcorrected and then fishtailed to the right, so I overcorrected and 
swing the car to the right and fishtail in, and then it fishtails back to the left slightly, and then I gained control of the vehicle, and then uh, we went from, uh, I think it was 90 or 80 kilometers to about 50 kilometers in a short amount of time, and we probably slid maybe a thousand feet. While we were fishtailing, uh, cars backed off, we could have could have been flipped, could have been whatever. Uh, everybody was asleep in the car, so the kids didn't even see it. The wife woke up and was kind of dazed and like, what the fuck's going on? But she didn't yell or anything. I kind of regained control by the time that that had occurred. And we were, uh, and, the, and the snow kind of pushes you back in the groove anyways. So when a fishtail left, um, there's a big pile of snow, like, or, you know, snow is piled up on the left, so it kind of like forces the car back into the groove. But if... You overcorrect it and then you fishtail to the right, but the snow is pushing the car back into the groove. Uh, and so we got back in the grooves and was just driving fine. I, so I, I definitely slowed down uh, the, the rest of the way from Munich to, uh, sorry, Garmisch to Munich and, uh, you know, didn't take any more chances that way. But uh, no damage to the car, no damage to the transmission, no lights went all crazy, didn't even stop, just kept driving. Everything was cool, waving at the people passing me. Like I'm some sort of idiot baller maniac, uh, which realizing that um, listening to the last two podcasts and handling that situation, losing five years of my life, but just kind of chilling, playing it off like I'm some cool guy. Um, I am a legit crazy person and I probably need to go see somebody. Uh, but like I said, this is my cathartic experience. This is my journal. This is my way to... Uh, Expouse or expunge my uh, craziness uh, into the ether that one person for 30 seconds listened to. Uh, so, but we, uh, the roads kind of cleared up after Munich. Uh, we had to pull over one time. I should have pulled over in Munich for the uh, daughter to, to use the bathroom, but the Germans have, uh, Germans are asshole drivers. They really are. Uh, they, they do something called Houstoning, uh, which when I, the first time I was driving, that's what I, that's what I experienced in Houston was that people will pass you on the left and they will fucking cut you off immediately. There's, there's no gap. There's no, there's no anything. They just kind of get in front of you. And it doubly sucks when it's raining or snowing is because they're kicking a lot of shit up into your, um, your grill and your windshield and you lose sight and picture of everything that's going on and you can't see shit. Uh, so you get Houston, I get Houston like 10 to 20 times on the way down and the way back from, uh, uh from Garmisch to Munich. So Germans drive like assholes. Um, even on the Autobahn, when you're when you're cruising at 85 miles an hour and you got people flying past you at 110, 120, uh, and they they literally just duck right in front of you, duck behind you, duck whatever. They're just asshole drivers uh, in general. But they do have uh, nice little rest stops pretty much everywhere. Uh, so we, well, they're, they're about as good as American rest stops, but just probably safer. I don't, I don't want to be stopping at an American rest stop ever, especially when there's a bunch of trucks kind of hanging out, if you know what I mean. Wonka, wonka. So we stopped at, the, at a rest stop, got Abigail over and uh, let her use the bathroom, got back in. And it took us about three and a half, four hours to get back home. And we got home, uh, headed over, uh, picked up some medicine for the kids and some food so we could just kind of sit back, chill and relax uh, for the rest of the day. So... Here we are. It was enjoyable. I enjoyed Garmisch. It was very beautiful, very scenic. Uh, the wife liked it. She, uh, Even though we didn't get out and go to the Garmisch town and we were kind of just hotel locked because the uh, child was under the weather, uh, she enjoyed it. We're definitely going back 
uh, during the summer, hopefully, uh, which will be nice. So on to the news. Dee -dee 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 -dee. Trump. Uh, so I sat and, you know, we were kind of, we were in garbage. We were kind of locked into the hotel for a while. And uh, when is it not fun to watch a Trump press conference? He went on for about an hour uh, about the immigration and the government shutdown deadlock and said it could last years. And news reports came out that Trump threatens shutdown and he will use executive power to end it. And that's not what he said. Uh, he was asked a question to say, hey, would you or have you thought about it? And he said, yes, I've thought about it. And they were asking him questions on how resolute he was on his position. He's like, yes, I'm very resolute. I'm not moving. So good on him for sticking to his guns because... Uh, Senator Graham is correct. The second that he wavers, and if he doesn't get anything less than 5.6, and if the Democrats give any more than one dollar, uh, you end up you're going to lose, right? So if, if Nancy Pelosi agrees to two dollars on, on the budget resolution passed in the House, they lose. If Trump accepts, accepts less than 5.6 billion, he loses as well. But uh, being the idiot that I am, uh, there was a particularly funny moment that I saw or. Uh, that I heard on the, or that caught my eye in the, in the Trump presser. So we'll just get into that and I will, I will show you. Listen up. Like so many people have done. And we need people, Major. We have to have people because we have all these companies coming in. We need great people, but we want them to come in on a merit basis. And they have to come in on a merit basis. They can't come in the way they've been coming in for years i get calls from the great tech companies and they're saying we don't allow people at the top of their class at the best schools in the country we don't allow them to stay in our country so they end up going back to china and japan and so many other countries all over the world and we don't keep them like china in japan and another asian country that i can't mention now I, I thought it was funny. Maybe I'm an asshole. But uh, apparently trans people have flags now. Like, there's a trans flag. I didn't, I didn't know. I, I didn't know that trans people had their own flag. And I thought that they, they were the T in the rainbow flag of the LGBTQ XYZ2 Niner uh, flag. So it looks like the band's breaking up, ladies and gentlemen. Or maybe it's just a phase. hey -oh. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that uh, each of the LGBTQY, whatever, uh, whatever their acronym, acronym is now, has like, they have like states now. So apparently LGBTQ is now USA and T is a state of the LGBTQ community. And they have their own flag. Um, Representative Jennifer Wexton, uh, she's a Democrat from the 10th District in Northern Virginia, has family and friends or individuals that identify as trans, and she's hanging a trans flag outside of her door. Never seen the flag, uh, never thought that there was a flag, never, like, didn't know. So, that's not good for, uh, maybe it is, I don't know how they organize. So maybe LGBTQ can be the federal system, and L can be, make the, L can have a flag, the G's can have a flag, the B's can have a flag, the Q's can have a flag, the A's can have a flag. I'd be really interested to see what those flags look like. So, yeah. Well, that's enough for the news. On to good old spizorts. Uh, as predicted, uh, the Texans got destroyed or embarrassed by Indianapolis. 
uh, probably for the second time in a couple weeks. Uh, it was, I didn't watch the game. All I saw was that it was 14 to nothing. Like I was literally flipping through channels and I saw that uh, Deshaun Watson had the ball at midfield. It was 14 nothing Indy uh, with about a minute or two left in the first quarter and he threw the ball down the middle to a linebacker, just hit him straight in the fucking chest. So I just kept flipping and the game went on to end 21 to 7 Indy. So Indy will be traveling to as the sixth seed to the Kansas City Chiefs and New England is awaiting the winner of the other AFC game, which I believe is Baltimore versus the Chargers and I got the Chargers in that one uh against Baltimore. I don't I don't know how uh uh the quarterback of the Ravens, not Flacco but uh, Jackson. I think it's Jackson. Uh pardon my French if I'm wrong on that one. How Jackson's going to be able to uh uh, win, but it's awesome for Baltimore that they got a home game. Uh, they were kind of feeling the pain with Flacco, and uh, hopefully they're moving on. Uh, Chargers uh, could be it could be their last gasp, at least um, what you're thinking. But they're going to be on the road pretty much the entire time, unless Andy pulls off a miracle, and they pull off a miracle in New England. So, which it doesn't look like that. It looks like it's going to be a New England Kansas City uh, championship game. Because you don't see the Chargers, you, you can see the Chargers winning in Baltimore, but I did not see them winning in uh, in New England. And I don't know, yeah, England, Indy's, Indy's traveling to KC, so that, that matchup can't happen. So either Baltimore or um, San Diego is traveling to uh, New England. Um, and New England's not the team that they used to be, but they're still formidable at home, and I think they can beat either San Diego Um they can beat San Diego, they can beat Baltimore, and they can beat Indianapolis at home. However, it's a tough sell for them to go into Kansas City and win a game. But however, comma, Andy Reid is a shit sell in the uh, in the uh, in the playoffs. So, and on the NFC side of the house, Cowboys edge out the uh, Seahawks once again. Didn't see the game because the time crunch, or the time is so different. But apparently, uh, Dak either let them or kept them on a last-second drive to uh, hold or win the game, whatever it was. But uh, they will be headed off to... Or actually, they're waiting. They're waiting the, the results of the uh, Chicago-Philadelphia uh, game. So if Philly wins, then the Cowboys will play the two-seed, which is... You got New Orleans in the one... Who is the two for the NFC? I'm the worst person ever. I do not know who the two seed is for the NFC. I can probably think through it. NFC, two seed. Jesus Christ. You gotta be shitting me. New Orleans, oh, fucking it's uh, LA, Los Angeles Rams. So Cowboys are waiting for that matchup. If Philly wins, they will be headed to New Orleans, and then the Cowboys will go to Los Angeles. And if Chicago wins, then Dallas is headed to New Orleans, which they murked New Orleans uh, in their regular season game. But then, but that was in uh, that was in Dallas. This one will be in New Orleans, and then Chicago would head to LA. Awesome matchups, I, I would think, around the world uh, going through. It'd be cool to see Chicago to go to LA, and uh, Dallas go to New Orleans. Uh, if Philly wins. Eh, not so much to see Philly and New Orleans and Dallas and Los Angeles, but Dallas and Los Angeles would be an okay matchup. Uh, you got to figure that New Orleans is the is the top dog in the entire uh, show. So picks for uh, 
Picks for these two games are uh, Chicago over Philly, and then uh, Nor. Uh, shit. Let's see the AFC game. It's. Uh, I'm doing this from memory. I don't have a uh, laptop up, and I'm making mistakes that I promised. I swore I would not make. Um, I, I, the first session seemed pretty good. Listen to my girdle sounds that I'm talking through. I'm trying to figure out this. In my head, do not know what is the other game. The other game in the NFC is, oh yeah, duh, just fucking talked about it. Uh, Baltimore and uh, the Chargers. God, I'm a fucktard, aren't I? And that is your NFL recap. As smooth as baby back butter. Uh, apparently turtles eat pigeons. I saw a fucking video of a turtle alligatoring a pigeon. That was cool. Fuck pigeons and way to go turtles. And then I got to get back on the fucking horse, man. Uh, I uh, did not accomplish any workouts. It was vacation time. All I ever wanted. And now it is time for me to get back on the horse. So hopefully I'm reporting to you smiles and rainbows next time that we talk. Um, it's been a pleasure. It's been fun, gentlemen and ladies and one person that listens. Um, maybe 30 minutes or 40 minutes is the, is the good time. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, I thought this was a better effort, so I will continue and endeavor to do better, and I'm waiting for that fucking microphone to show up. All right, cats. See you later. Bye.